0: welcome to the brand shift personal branding podcast i'm your host nick wozniak and today i am joined by nasheen sheen how's it going
1: it's going really well i'm so happy to be here excited to talk to you it is a lovely summer evening here in china so yeah it's going great
0: Yeah. And it's nice and early here in Idaho, but it's (laughs) awesome that we get to connect across the globe. And I'm super excited to talk with you. Uh, You have deep expertise in not just personal branding, uh, but public speaking as well. And I'd love to just dive right in. And for those that don't know you, tell us a little bit about who you are and how you got going building your personal brand and, and kind of your story.
1: Yeah. So, you know, that annoying kid who always liked getting up on stage in front of their family and at school and reciting the most boring poem ever. So I used to be that annoying kid, but... Despite this deep love for public speaking, for getting up in front of a room full of strangers and speaking my heart out, it took me the longest time to actually figure out that this is what I need to do for a living. And I tried everything else before I got here. I worked at a Fortune 50 company, Procter & Gamble, for five years in PR and marketing. The first chance I got, I started training people in communication skills, But I still didn't realize that this is what I wanted to do. Then I switched careers. I tried improv, stand-up comedy, ended up writing comedy for crappy late-night TV shows, ended up going into filmmaking. And this one time I had a film that was in a film festival in Tenerife in Spain. So big deal. I was super excited. I had to present my film in front of a room full of investors and TV stations. And I did this whole presentation and then I showed them my trailer and I got applause. I felt really good. And later an investor comes up to me and says, great presentation, you spoke so well, you were full of passion and I really wanted to see what you had to show us, but your movie trailer sucked. And I still didn't get it. I still didn't get that what I really am meant to be doing is presentation and communication skills and public speaking. Then I, of course, didn't do that. So I ended up becoming an entrepreneur in filmmaking. And I came to China, bootstrapped a startup to a million dollars in revenue, completely almost burnt out at 2 a.m. One night when I'm walking back to the office to meet my team, because we're working towards a deadline. All of us are sleepy and groggy and really like thinking, what the heck are we doing with our lives working till 2 a.m.? And I realized that I did not care about making the best film. I cared about helping people deliver their best performances on camera, whether it was my actors, whether it was the CEOs I was working with to deliver keynotes. And that's when I realized that I need to really do what I've been wanting to do for the last 15 years for a living. And that's how I ended up doing leadership communications coaching. So now, weirdly enough, my clients have the opposite problem as me. They actually are experts in their field. They have great experience, but their presentations suck. They don't know how to present their own work in the best possible way. And when you cannot talk about your work in an impactful way, your career suffers. You get passed over for promotions. You don't get the investor or the client that you're pitching for. So a 10 minute presentation can really make or break. Your career or your business, or at least in the short term, your growth. So that's where I come in where I help leaders speak with high impact on camera, on stage, in person, with their teams. That's really awesome. <laughs> um,
0: it are, it's crazy. I studied communications in college and I remember thinking the whole way through I'm like how? is this not something that we learn all growing up like the ability to communicate. With other humans is kind of Mm. important. (laughs) It's it's so key for your career. It's so key to build and nurture these relationships and to ultimately just share with others what it is that you're passionate about. And people like you um, come in and are able to help those people who are just so bright and brilliant, but struggle to communicate that message. And I'd like to talk about this. How does public speaking uh, and brand uh, kind of relate to one another?
1: Right. And I think there is a very deep connection in so many different ways. So first, I always have like this little bone to pick about how personal branding has kind of hijacked a more... Cohesive overall definition of a person's brand and kind of just narrowed down its own definition to the online field, the online realm. So, a lot of people, when they talk about building your personal brand, they're talking about just building it on socials, building it online. But your personal brand is all of you, online and offline. And one should really feed off of the other when you're doing a a speech, when you're doing a TEDx talk, when you're doing a presentation or a pitch, anything that you're doing in the offline world should connect to your presence online. And it's the same way, when you build a personal brand online, you're gonna get offline speaking opportunities. People are gonna wanna hear from you. And I don't know if you've seen this, but I've seen a lot of influencers, for example, a lot of um, people that have millions of followers online go on these TV interviews, and they're just super awkward. They they don't really understand, like they, they can't express themselves. They just feel like, it feels like they're just totally out of place, like fish out of water. And then you're just, it just leaves me very confused thinking about how this person has built as a fairly impressive following online. So clearly they know how to communicate with people online, but somehow they missed out on all these other things like body language, conveying confidence or energy with your voice, with your gestures, being at ease in a room full of strangers. So it's really, I think one has to go hand in hand with the other.
0: Yeah, it's funny when I, you know, I, I started off in agency and freelance world and I remember I would like be in a room with, with clients and I would pitch to them and I would feel super confident and felt like I was a really strong communicator. And then I started like creating content online and I was the opposite. I could not, I felt like, you know, when you hear your voice playback on like a video and it just sounds so weird, like, is that my voice? Why do I sound so goofy? <laughs> um, and that's what I felt like online. I was like, I couldn't bridge that gap. And I think that's not terribly uncommon where people are one or the other and bridging that gap is challenging what kind of advice or how can people start to overcome that that struggle
1: yeah and this is a really common struggle i went through this as well because I was so used to doing offline events and speaking in public and speaking to people that were right in front of me that when I started writing on LinkedIn, there was no audience. There was no one looking at me. I I couldn't tell what they were thinking or how they were going to react. So Mm -hmm. I definitely went through that. And I think I still have to really work with it to really make sure that my personality is coming across on, you know, the online platform that I'm writing on. And in terms of really being able to perform, That's really my my number one goal when I work with clients to make sure that their personality is coming across and that they understand how to build and craft and design a public presence, which basically Mm -hmm. means kind of like choosing parts of your personality, parts of your story and putting it on steroids, you know, really like energizing it, like giving it some rocket fuel and and creating this version of you that you can then present to the world. And it should never be a completely different version of you. It shouldn't be that people that know you in real life, your friends won't be able to recognize you if they see you talking on camera or if they see you presenting in public. That's definitely like a fake persona, which wouldn't work in the long term. So it's about this is this is really where the challenge is. So you have to be authentic. You have to bring whatever it is that makes you, you, whether it's like a goofy sense of humor or your sincerity or, you know, sarcasm, whatever it is that makes you, you in real life and putting it into your content that you're delivering on that stage.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because. A lot of people I'll talk to are like, what if I'm not all that interesting? (laughs) But they'll say that right after we've been on a zoom call for, you know, 20 minutes and we've been having a blast talking to each other. And I'm like, you are interesting. You just haven't figured out how to convey your passion and the things that you, your expertise and your knowledge. Um, in different mediums whether it's public speaking or whether it's online and so uh, most people i've talked to are interesting um i feel like it's extremely rare for me to meet someone who's pretty boring especially when you get them talking about the thing that they're passionate about right um mm-hmm. but capturing that is kind of the magic right
1: yeah yeah and i think i think video is one of those things where the two are meeting so People that want to build an online brand and people that are really good at speaking offline or already have that offline presence, they both can really benefit from like creating video content and being on video, trying to perform on camera is in a lot of ways close to performing in front of an audience. It's just that the audience is imagined. So I really think that when people are ready to make that jump to being able to deliver video content, they actually are stepping into the world of public speaking.
0: And so, would you say that you recommend people who are wanting to be more authentic and to share their their online share their, I guess offline presence online? Do you think video is maybe the method that would be the most uh, beneficial for them to start with?
1: Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a great stepping stone. It's something that they can do now they can do with their phones and it's something that they can do all the time so they can get better at it you don't have to publish the first video that you create you can you know publish the 10th or the 15th and yeah really it's it's the best way to really figure out what it is that you're doing right what it is that you might not be doing so well And I mean, I advise like for all my clients, we, um, we record stuff all the time and we watch it back just like, you know, you'd watch back something with a sports coach, like one of your performances. So it's literally the same thing. So it really, really helps you hone in on the things that you're doing right. The strengths that you already have that you didn't even know were strengths and how the other things that are not that great are translating into something and like, Getting magnified uh on camera, like you know, filler words or crazy hand gestures.
0: Yeah, I, I like that. I think taking the time, you get to practice on video, right? Like it's not live. Mm-hmm. Um, you can take as many videos as you want, and then having someone who has some some knowledge and expertise to give you some feedback and say, here's some ways that you can start to improve. And like literally anything, it's practice. Uh, which sounds funny. It's like, it does take practice to be able to be more of yourself on mediums that are a little bit more unnatural to you or a little bit more uncomfortable to you. It takes practice Mm -hmm. to be authentic and to be like truly accurate to how you actually are in person. Um, a lot of people, uh, say just be authentic and that's like not that easy or helpful. (laughs) Um, yeah. It takes some practice to figure out what does that actually mean? How do you actually translate that personality online? And so, but for those people who mm-hmm. have been starting, they've been practicing, they've been trying to improve uh, their online presence. How do they, how do they take it to the next level? And what are, what are even the benefits of really starting to put yourself out there in more of the, in the public eye?
1: Oh, yeah. So for me, I've always treated public speaking as a tool. It's pretty much a way to communicate with not just the audience, but also with myself. What I mean by that is that every time I go on that stage, every time I speak in front of an audience, I am proving something to myself. I am showing myself that I can trust myself. I trust myself to be coherent clear, effective, impactful. I trust myself to be able to answer questions in real time, think on my feet, observe the audience, adapt with the audience. So each time that I've gone on a stage, I've I've walked off a more confident person. So I really think that public speaking is one of the best ways to build your confidence. This is one of those things that people get wrong, where they feel that they need to have confidence before they go on a stage But actually going on a stage or on camera, speaking in any shape, way, shape, way or form in front of an audience or for an audience is the best way to build that confidence in yourself to become more sure of yourself. And once you've really rehearsed and refined your communication skills in front of an audience, that will serve you forever because How many times do you have to like pitch yourself to people? How many times do you have to convince people that you are worth their time, that you have something to offer? And these communication skills, whether online or offline, will always come in handy because the more in touch with your authenticity that you become, like you said, you have to rehearse, you have to practice being authentic, finding your authentic voice. Once you're in touch with that, you can bring that online into the way that you write. And you can take that offline into the way that you talk to people.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of people do think I need more confidence or expertise or whatever it is before I put myself out there. But that's Mm -hmm. inverted thinking. Really, it's when you put yourself out there, that's how you grow in confidence. That's how you become even better at your expertise it's interesting as I've been creating content on LinkedIn for about eight months now, been on live streams and podcasts that I've become even more knowledgeable as I'm able to share that with the world, teach people. When people ask me questions repeatedly, I'm able to answer. And it's actually in the, in the being in the moment and being in that position that has helped me become uh, a lot more to accelerate that learning process. And a lot of people are experts, but when it comes down for them to articulate it in a way that's extremely clear, they realize, oh, I've not quite, I know this in my head, but I've not quite articulated this before. And so by putting yourself in that position, you're able to grow in the confidence in your own knowledge and in your ability to communicate it in a way that is impactful and helpful and engaging.
1: Yeah, that is so important. So you said it really well, that a lot of people have this expertise and this knowledge in their heads. And when it comes to actually explaining it to someone, they make so many mistakes. For example, they will not be able to explain complex things in a simple way. They will use jargon. They will use PowerPoint as you know the the manual like an instruction manual and they will just become like a reading voice for the PowerPoint slide when that's not how it should be so there are all these things that 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 people do wrong or that people do that leads to them being ineffective communicators when the knowledge is all there it's 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 not reflective of how good they are at their job but actually it comes out Poorly, It reflects on their work poorly. And you can like just contrast that with someone who's able to really sell themselves. And, you know, we've all met this kind of person who's really, you know, really great at like selling themselves and like selling you on their value and who they are. And they come across as this impressive person. And you talk to them like for three or four conversations and you realize, no, they're full of beep beep. So it's not... It's it's always that the, the the people that feel like they don't have a lot to contribute are actually sometimes the ones that have a lot to say, but they don't have the right tools to express them, to express their message and to express their expertise in an impactful way.
0: I love that. And so when people are thinking about, you know, this multifaceted approach to personal branding, including their offline and online presence. How do they create uh, an approach or a strategy that allows them to you know have that offline presence but also be building an online presence? Because obviously, the reach and opportunity online is super powerful, and I think it's you know also powerful to have that in-person approach. So how should they be going mm-hmm. about thinking about building their 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 personal brand in a more holistic uh, fashion?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that it's all about finding the synergies, finding like where the offline opportunities can be leveraged online and how the online stuff, the online brand that they've built can be leveraged offline. For example, it could be about finding opportunities to talk offline. So in that way, you're building your offline speaking skills. And these could be small opportunities. I always encourage people to start small Don't like if you've never delivered a speech in your life. Don't say you want to do a TEDx talk tomorrow. Of course, say that you want to do a TEDx talk and make it like you know a two-year goal. So that when you get on that stage, you're actually in a position where you can be a super impactful speaker. And in the meantime, start with like speaking at your local coffee shop event. Start with speaking at your local school or university. Just start small, but start. Each time that you speak, try to record yourself. And there you have awesome video content that you can then use online. Of course, it means you have to record it at a good enough quality, but most people are able to do that. And that way you have content to use online. And what you're telling your online audience is that, look, it's not just that I'm just talking to you and telling you all these things. These are these other people in real life, real, actual humans who listen to me and look how great they thought I was. So it's really signaling to the online world that you exist and you're a somewhat important entity in the offline world. So it's really building your brand in the online world through the offline activity. And then it works the other way around as well. If you are building your online brand, for sure, you're Mm going to be finding opportunities that will connect you to the offline world. I just got connected um, to. Well, this is this is more of a, a virtual event. But um, if I was, you know, living somewhere where things were more accessible, right now I don't have a lot of English speaking events around me. Um, I've been, you know, I've been connected to speaking opportunities just through people that I know online. So I've been building my personal brand and people see that, oh, she's a keynote speaker. Oh, she can deliver workshops. Would you like to come deliver a workshop at my school? Would you like to deliver a workshop at my business? Uh, We have this event coming up. Would you like to be one of the speakers? So those things will just happen naturally over time if you're able to show people that you have the skill set, and you can't, it's not that you just are like limiting yourself to writing articles or blog posts or LinkedIn posts. You can actually talk about this stuff in an impactful way. So the opportunities will definitely feed off of each other.
0: Yeah. I like that, that you think about it just both ways. Like I'm going to build online so that I can expand my reach to have more opportunities to speak offline and do trainings offline. And maybe even these are small private trainings, or maybe they're more public. Um, And then those online uh, or offline events where you're able to speak in person, you can capture those, whether it's on video um, and share what you've been doing in person. And that it does, it gives you so much more credibility. And it shows people like, oh, I'm not only doing this in person with people, but then I'm teaching it online. And it helps people understand you from multiple different angles and realize how invested you are in really being a contributor in your, your subject or your niche and really becoming a person of influence in that area. And it's that's hundred percent been my experience. Um, I've been able to meet people who have invited me mostly through virtual events. Um, and I hope that those will start to translate into offline uh, speaking engagements, um, even though online is, is pretty, uh, pretty cozy and it's pretty easy to be speaking all around the world. Um, but it, it's, it's really, it's just such a cool opportunity. And so I guess to sum up a little bit, if someone's hesitant, to start public speaking, why should they make it a goal to speak more often?
1: I would almost say that I wouldn't want to convince anyone that is not already convinced of the value um, that public speaking offers. And a lot of the people, a lot of the leaders that I end up working with are leaders that are kind of propelled into the limelight, whether they like it or not. These are people at senior management level positions that need to represent the company. They need to do media interviews. They need to have, they need to have visibility for themselves so that they can have visibility for the company. These are entrepreneurs that need to be visible, that need to pitch to investors, that need to pitch to potential clients. So these are people that whether they like it or not, they need to speak in public. If you're a person that doesn't have those kinds of opportunities or obligations and you have no interest in speaking in public, then I would say don't, you know, it, it has to be, for me, it's one of two things. Either you have this deep desire to really tell your story, to tell the story of your work, to tell people about what you've discovered, what you've been researching, what you've learned in your work or in your life. Either you have this deep desire, or you just have to, you're in that position where you cannot escape being in the public eye. One of those two um, situations will lead to this positive outcome of you working on yourself, eventually working on refining the public speaking skills. If it's someone who's kind of in the middle, I would say that, you know, start small, see what it is that you really want to talk about try to get like more and more exposure to talks watch tedx talks watch people in your industry deliver talks at different kinds of events watch youtube videos figure out what kind of format is appealing to you and if you're on the fence try to figure out why you're on the fence is it just because you're shy but you really really want to tell your story because that is definitely a problem that can be fixed but a lot of people might just be not just shy, but just not interested in having their face or having their personal presence be a part of their story, which is okay. Then they have to figure out how to tell their story in other ways without using themselves.
0: Yeah, no, I absolutely love that. And I think one example, I recently watched a show where the CEO of Redfin, um, which is like, it's like kind of like a Zillow competitor was investing, Mm. it was like this investing show. And his, there were several other investors, big time CEOs, executives, but his stage presence was literally so electric and he was so passionate and his communication skills were so pristine. And I was like, wow, like what a leader. And I was like, I love Redfin. You know, it's like, it's the power (laughs) of your ability to communicate and to, to, to capture the interest of audiences just so powerful. But I, I love that point though. If, if it's not something you find that'll be valuable or really important to you, then there's no need to convince you. But if you're someone who, who has a strong story that they want to tell, or really feels like they, they can make an impact in this way, or if they're compelled to lead, um, then being able to speak is just a non-negotiable. It really is so important. And I love all the advice that you've shared with us today. And as we kind of start to move towards the end of this interview, I want to ask what's kind of next for you personally, Uh, what's coming down the road for you and your journey.
1: Yeah. So I'm at a very intense, but exciting phase in my life where, so my husband and I have been living in China for the last seven years, and we're now going to be moving out uh, next year to France I'm also at an exciting phase in in terms of um, my identity. I, I just became French last month and it's still something that I have to really get used to just kind of becoming another nationality. It's, it's really, it's, it's going to be a process. It's going to be a very interesting six to eight months for me while I transition to this new identity. And at the same time, I am doing more and more leadership communications coaching. So, um, I am kind of, I was doing a lot of filmmaking and PR work in China still with my Asian clients, and I'm phasing that out and phasing in more and more leadership communications coaching. So very exciting transitory times for me.
0: Yeah. A lot of change, which brings (laughs) excitement, little nerves, I'm sure, but, um, Mm -hmm. That's really wonderful. And so for those that do want to reach out to you, work with you or keep up with you, what's the best way for them to go about doing that?
1: Well, I'm super active on LinkedIn and I am the only Nosheen Chen as far as I know. So I'm pretty easy to find there. And I've just recently launched my newsletter, uh, which is the first letter of my name, N and then Sheen, like Martin and Charlie, dot uh, com. So people can find me there.
0: Wonderful. And the links to both of those will be in the description of this episode. So the last question before we wrap up, Nasheen, is what is one thing that you're doing today that you wish you would have started five years ago?
1: Oh, absolutely, LinkedIn, 100%. And I think this is something we'll have in common because we're so, both so passionate about the platform. I always knew that I wanted to be more active in social media in general. And I could never really figure out, like, what is the value that it's giving me? I I tried Instagram and Twitter over the years, and I just I could never stick to it. I mean, the likes and the comments were fine, but they weren't they they weren't sparking conversations. I, I wasn't like getting anywhere with them. And it was just vanity metrics. And I just didn't feel the need to build my presence there. And I started getting active on LinkedIn back in March, April this year. And just like the community there has just blown me away. I mean, there's so much support, so many intelligent, kind and generous people that are just, you know, they're, they're great in their fields. They're great to talk to. They want to connect. They support you. You support them. It's the kind of online community that I had dreamed of being a part of, and I had just just not bothered I hadn't committed to it before so absolutely LinkedIn was is something I wish I had started five years ago
0: yeah definitely me too and I, it's crazy I feel like LinkedIn for me is the only truly social social platform where I'm consistently meeting new people getting on calls having conversations um I mean, occasionally people locally will reach out and I'm going out to lunches with people and like, I've not had that experience on any other platform. Um, And so it's really just been so powerful and it's been awesome to have you there as well, adding into the conversation and adding so much value. And so I wanna thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. Honestly, this was a ton of fun. We'll have to do it again sometime.
1: This was great being here and thanks so much for having me, Nick.